Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's get into the Word today. Uh, I got uh, a thought for you. As we end our series today, we've been kind of walking through the idea of the gift and... Um, and as we've been talking about several different things when it comes to the idea of why uh, was Jesus born. First week we talked about the idea of the gift of peace, the gift of shalom, meaning that when Jesus came, he brought us a peace with God that was, that was not available prior to that. And this peace that we received not only gave us a peace with God, but it also gave us the peace of God, which means we received a peace that transcended our understanding, a peace that went beyond our galaxy, a peace that we went beyond our thinking. This peace came and was brought through the birth of Jesus Christ. And two weeks ago, we talked about the gift of grace and about how when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you are now seen by God as completely faultless in his eyes. He looks at you and he does not see the sin of, the sin of your past, the sin of your future, or the sin of your present. What God sees is a completely righteous, holy person. So I talked about how not only do we have Jesus living in us, but we have to start living in Christ and recognize that God loves you and sees you as perfectly faultless in his eyes. And last week, we talked about the gift of life and how Jesus came to give you and I not only life after we die, but also life abundantly on this earth. But I shared the idea that, that those of you in the room who are followers of Jesus Christ, you will live and then one day your body will die, but you will never die. You will live in eternity with Jesus Christ. And all of those are online and now we're going to get into our last idea, the gift of God with us. So I've been watching uh, several different movies and different things, and the other night I went to Heritage Park, and the Mormon church has put on a live nativity. And uh, so we decided to go and check it out. And we went, and it was some friends of ours, and we went to this nativity, and I have to admit I was a little distracted uh, there's animals, and it's pretty cool. You should go and check it out. It's all, it's all biblical. There's nothing weird about it. It's all good. Um, and, but it's, it was like I was surprised how, um, how good it was. And there's animals, and there's a live, pe you know, live people, and they've got a whole scene set up and music and a narrator. It was super cool. And Bob was kind of in a goofy mood, so I was being a little insincere and a little unholy. I'm sorry. But there was a moment in the nativity when Mary and Joseph uh, and, and baby Jesus and the, the shepherds and all of the angels and basically all of the, 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 the people in the narrative gathered together and they were bowing down before the, the, the crib, before the manger, before Jesus. And it was just this moment that, that I don't know if you've ever felt it before when you watch a nativity, but if you've ever seen the movie, The Nativity, it's this moment, even the star, how many of you have seen the movie The Star? The, the, you know, have you seen it? I had a moment in that movie where I'm watching it, it's a cartoon, and at the end, you're sitting there watching this star, this baby being born, this idea that God has come to earth. And I just have this moment, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, where you're just like, whoa, like, that is just legit. That's like real. That's like, oh my gosh, it feels like this holy moment and every time I feel this holy moment where I'm sitting in the theater last year watching the star and I'm like I ain't crying at this digital movie no way I'm crying having a moment realizing that it's a holy moment where it's it's a moment where I'd actually begin to consider my life 
It's a moment where I begin to realize that God, the God who was distant, the God who felt far away, the God who felt as though he was not present, came to earth in, in bodily form, in human form, and came to earth. God came to earth. That makes you kind of think about your life, and it causes there to be a moment where you're like, wow, and if you let it happen long enough, you'll actually begin to consider, how am I doing with this God. And see, Christmas can often be about gifts and all the fun things as we talk about, but my desire for you in the next week is to ask that question, how are you doing with God? How is your walk with God? Some of you might be here today and say, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus and it's good. Well, good on you. Keep it going. Some of you might be here today and say, you know what? I'm pretty far from God. I used to go to church. I haven't been to church in a long time. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I would say I'm a moralist. I know there's a God, but I'm not really a Christian. That's okay. I encourage you, ask yourself this question. During this season where we celebrate the fact that God came to earth, how are you doing in your walk with God? See, I'm sure that when we look at the story of Mary and Joseph, we recognize that Mary and Joseph were regular people just like us. As I shared a couple weeks ago, Mary was not extra divine. Mary was not sinless. Mary was not the fourth of the Godhead. Mary was, was not, uh, actually, uh, uh, historical manuscripts remove the phrase, that the, the phrase that she is blessed among women was added, a copyist added that many years later after the original manuscript. And so they've included that in there because the uh, the idea that Mary is this uh, crazy divine woman. She's not divine. She's just like you. There were some really cool things about Mary, but the reality is, is that Mary was a young girl. Joseph was a young man just like us. And so Mary, being a, a young girl, had these ideas in her mind about her life. She imagined at 13 years old, knowing you're going to get married, I bet she just began to have these thoughts in her mind about how her life was going to turn out. And Joseph, probably the same thing. He was a carpenter, probably starting a carpenter's business. And he was, you know, kind of probably the only carpenter in the whole city, maybe, because the city was about two, 300 people. And so here, they, they, they were people who had a plan for their life. They had an agenda. They had had dreams, they had hopes, they had desires, they, they had all sorts of things in their life that they wanted to accomplish. They had their own dreams and visions for their life. But when the, when the nativity began, when, when, when this whole story started, it was a disruption to their plan. It was a disruption, a disruption to what they thought they were going to do. Isn't it amazing how each of us in different stages of our life, we have this, this insatiable desire to make sense out of every part of our life. We want to make sense out of every single detail. We, we don't want anything to be random. We don't want any randomness to happen in our lives. And we've got this idea, and we've got this plan, and we've got this thing figured out, and we say, okay, this is how my life's going to look, and this is what's going to happen. And when something happens, we have to make sense of it all. We have to have purpose for everything that's happening in our life. And when things happen in our life that are outside of our plan, we begin to wonder, what's going on? This is crazy. That's not what I planned for. I didn't plan to have 18 kids. 
kids. I only wanted two. I didn't plan to go be, get a job here. I didn't plan to have a divorce. I didn't plan to not be able to have children. I didn't plan my finances would be disarray. I didn't plan that that church would hurt me and I would never want to go back to church again. I didn't plan for that. I didn't have that in my agenda. That wasn't in my life plan. That's random. And we want to try to figure out why is this happening in my life and when we hit a big bump in our life we begin to ask that question why we want to know why why did that happen why did i lose that business why did that thing fall apart why did that person do that why did this happen we have these desire in every single one of us to find purpose in everything that happens in our life i mean nobody plans for divorce you set up you have a beautiful romance, you get married, you've got the white picket fence, you've got the kids, things are great, you retire, and you're going to die in the bed like the notebook. You're going to lay together and hug one another, and you'll pass away and go to eternity with one another. No one plans for the idea of divorce. But when that, when that happens in people's lives or relationships go south, we, we say, oh my gosh, like this wasn't in my plan, and we try to bring purpose to it all. God, why is this happening to me? Maybe you lose a job, and man, you're doing fine, and you got in your mind that I got this job, and I'm going good, and I'm going to get this promotion, and you go into work one day, and they say, I want to see you in my office, and you walk in, and you think to yourself, this is it, I'm going to get that promotion, and you walk in, and they give you a pink slip, and you've got two weeks to get your stuff out of there, and security ushers you out, and they didn't honor you like they should have honored you, you got two weeks pension, and now you're super angry and bitter and upset that I lost my job, God, why did this happen to me? We want to figure it all out, we want a purpose behind every single thing in our life. And my question to you is why? Why do we want to have purpose behind every single thing that happens in our life? It's because you were created in the image of God. And as a person who was created in the image of God, you need to understand something that regardless of what your, your, your background is, regardless of your religious affiliation, regardless if you're a Christian or not, I believe that you are created in the very image of God, and that means God has a purpose for everything. So inside of you, you know God has a purpose behind everything that happens in my life. That's why, whether you're a follower of God or not, you're asking the question, why? Because you know deep inside of you, as a follower of Jesus Christ. God has a purpose behind the chaos in my life. When I lose that job and when that thing happens and when I'm going this direction and I've got this idea in my mind that this is the direction I'm headed and I'm going to have this and I'm going to plan out this and I'm going to do that and then this happens, our first reaction is frustration and anger and bitterness but then as followers of God we lean in and realize, no, I serve a God who has a purpose for everything, all of cosmos and all of creation and every single person on this planet is an image bearer of God knows that there is a purpose deep inside of us. God has a purpose in and for everything. It's this thing in us where we know God often brings order to chaos. But when we try to figure it out, it can cause us some frustration. It can cause us hurt. It can cause us pain. When you're going through that difficult bump in life of sickness or job loss or financial difficulty or marriage pain or or just having to go to Christmas and see Uncle Ned again like whatever it is like it's like we have all of these different areas of our life where these things happen in our lives and we just want to know God why why did you let that happen to me why did you allow that to to, to impact my life like it did why God I want you to know the reason you're asking that question is because you were created in the image of God and 
you know that God has a purpose. But what God wants to do, I believe, today is show you that, that our perspective about God being with us means that when God is with us, God has a purpose for everything that happens in our lives. Every negative thing, every positive thing, every challenge you face, God being with us means that God is with us because there is a purpose he has for everything. And this collides with our Christmas story because the Christmas story is in some ways this preeminent example. It's the perfect best example of God dipping down into earth, into the chaos, into the the unknown, into confusion, into the average, into the regular, into the brokenness, into the depravity of our world, into all the things happening across the world when there's sickness overseas and kids who don't eat and and, and there's genocide on this side of the the world and there's, there's all sorts of terrible things happening across the world and God is the preeminent example of him coming down at just the right time before the foundations of the world were created he purposed that at just this moment in this time God in human flesh would come down to earth and be with his people there is a purpose behind it five seven hundred years prior to the birth of Christ Isaiah prophesied a child will be born to you and his name will be called Emmanuel God with us. It's the first time in history when God was with us in human flesh. And so you might look at your life, even as a follower of God or as not a follower of God, and say, I don't understand what the randomness of my life, and you have to know something today. The reason we celebrate Christmas is because God brought purpose where there was no purpose before. He brought order. We can look at these different realities and see that God came to earth. Look at this, Matthew 1.20. I'll read a few verses just to prove that point. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and he'll give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Look at this in John 1, 1 and 4. In the beginning, the word, the word is Logos, which is actually referencing Jesus because the moment it's going to call the word a he. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He, Jesus, existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and the life brought light to everyone. Verse 10, he came into the very world he created. The world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word, Jesus, became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Are you seeing this, that God himself, the creator of the universe before the foundations of time, now came? came in human form to earth? 
I mean, when you think about the nativity for a moment, you see that little uh, bassinet with the baby in it on the TV shows. You know, look at the bassinet with the plastic child, you know, because they don't want a real child because the, the insurance didn't come through. And so they carry the little plastic child. Don't you realize that at that moment, it resembles the moment when God in flesh, when God created the heavens and the earth, when he was before the foundations of time, that everything that was created was created through Christ, came to earth in the flesh of a little baby boy. God is with us. Look at this in Hebrews 1.3. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. The exact expression of God's true nature. His mirror image, he holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. Jesus is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor coming to earth. So when Mary was a 13-year-old girl, she, the reason in, in the Palestinian, in Palestinian culture they wanted to marry you, as, get you married off as quickly as the moment you went through the pubescent season, they got you married off for two reasons. Number one, to uh, capitalize on your childbearing days, and secondly, to make sure that you were a virgin. And so what they would do is they would hand their, their daughters away at 13 years old to a, to, a, to, a, to a man 10 years older than you. And most likely Mary had never met Joseph up to that point. And actually, um, according to scripture, there was two types of betrothals, or two types of steps in marriage in the Jewish culture. So when you are betrothed or engaged to be married, they were actually legally married according to the law. They were actually married. But the second step was they would then move in with one another, and that's when they would consummate the marriage. So the, the, the Jewish custom was that you were in the engagement process was not this, this engagement season like we know it. You were actually married as a couple, and the way to make the marriage legitimate in the second stage was when Joseph built a house, she'd move into that house, and then they would consummate the marriage. And so they had never met one another, but they were legally married. Imagine being a 13-year-old girl and you start to accept the idea, this is your culture, that you're going to marry this man named Joseph who you've never met, who's out building a house. I know he's a carpenter. I hear he's pretty good looking. That's what Susie says. I don't know. Like, and all of a sudden, you realize something that you start getting a little bit excited and you start romanticizing it. And you start writing your name with his last name. You know, Mary, whatever his last name was, Arimathea, whatever it was. I don't even think it says Jesus, son of God's son or whatever, father. I don't know. But, but he starts writing the name and she starts trying on her dresses and goes, shopping at the store and they're doing all of these things she's starting to, to kind of fantasize and dream okay I want to have 17 kids and I want to live in this house and I want to do that and all of a sudden God entered her world came down in her life and disrupted her plans she had a deal she was going to get married it was going to be great it was going to be awesome here we go I'm going to make this happen and then an angel came to her and said you are going to be with child by the uh, by the Holy Spirit and when you're with child you're going to carry the very son of God the creator of the universe that is definitely a completely detour in life and here he recognizes in this verse that you will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. 
Well, I'm just going to be a housewife and my job is to go get the water and to go make the food and to go make the bread and to go have children and to raise these children and make sure the house was nice. That was what their culture was. That's what they did and Joseph went to work and would come home. That was my life and God entered. When God came into their world, it changed their life forever. It was no longer their dreams. It was no longer their way. It was no longer their agenda. But now, with God with us, it's his way. It's his agenda. It's his plan. Because he has a purpose. See, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we recognize as we accept Christ into our lives that when we recognize that this God is with us, what it means for us is that now every time something happens in your life that derails your plans, that derails your future, that derails what's happening, you think something's wrong with you or you think something's wrong with the person or you think something's wrong with this world. Listen, get over all that. God is involved. His purposes are involved in your life. And when things like this happen, good and bad, we look at it and say, God, how can we reconcile this? Just know God causes all things to work to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And when God is with us, it changes our perspective on our life. Same thing happened for Joseph. Joseph found out, like, I mean, just imagine this for a minute. He's 25 years old. Mary went away with Elizabeth for three months through the first trimester of her pregnancy and you generally start showing after that. She gets off the wagon to come home to Joseph and Joseph, she, she's pregnant. I mean, imagine being in Joseph's position where you, 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 you've actually paid money for, like you pay a dowry, like you pay into this whole dowry system and you, he's been investing into that and he's been building a home and I'm going to marry this, this pretty girl and we're going to have children and I'm going to start my business and things are going great and then she gets off the bus and she's pregnant. What the heck, girl? Who have you been sleeping with? I mean, can you imagine for a moment being in a gauge relationship and your partner shows up to your date pregnant? Or you go to work one day and you find out you don't have a job anymore. Or you go home one day and your spouse has packed the bags and left. Or you go home one day and find out you, you, your, your mortgage is, is, hasn't been being paid and now you're in foreclosure. You go home one day and you look at your life and all these unexpected things happen that don't make any sense. I don't know about you, but if that happened to me, if Stephanie got away for three months and came home and was pregnant, I would not assume that God was involved. <laughs> I would not look at that situation and say, there's no way God is involved in my wife being pregnant because I wasn't around her. And see, that was Joseph's perspective. Man, this is not okay. This is not right. This doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. God, why would you do this to me? What happened? And I thought we chose a good girl. I thought she was pure and righteous and a highly favorite of God. I thought she was this really great girl. God, this doesn't make any sense to me. Why is this happening? And then an angel of the Lord came and spoke to him in a dream and said, you're going to marry that girl because she's born with the, the, the baby from the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Joseph woke up that night. And the scripture says he did everything the Lord commanded him to do. He had a moment of consideration where he thought about God's purposes. He heard, okay, God's got a purpose for my life. This doesn't make any sense. God came and says, there's a purpose behind it. I'm with you. God is here now. I, he had a moment of consideration where he looked at his situation and had to make a decision. Will you see that God has his purposes going in your life or will you choose to reject what God is trying to do? Joseph could have said no. Joseph could have quietly divorced her. 
Mary could have said no. Mary could have quietly said, I don't think so. I don't know if she had a choice in the matter, but who knows? She probably did. God was probably waiting for her response. But think about it for a moment, minute. Joseph could have said no. I won't shoot. There's no way God, you're behind this. There's no way that God, you are behind this thing happening in my life. There's no way that you're going to turn this for good. I can't see it. I can't view it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm bitter and angry and frustrated. And Joseph could have said, you know what? No way. Mary, you're out of the street, girl. In fact, the law said that she was supposed to be taken out to the entrance of the city and stoned to death. See, when God is in our lives, things happen in our hearts and things happen in our lives and marriages are struggling and finances are disarray and maybe you're still with an addiction or you've got depression or you're discouraged or all these things are happening in our lives. We have a hard time seeing that, my God, are you with me, God? Like, God, are you really here right now? Like, are you really with me in this season? Are you really by me when I'm doubting my faith? Are you really by me when I don't know what to do? God, where are you, God? Why is this happening? God wants to remind you today that God is is with us. Emmanuel is here and there is a purpose for every single thing that happens in your life. God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. How many of you know that sometimes we make bad choices, get ourselves in a pickle, we're in that pickle, and we don't want to take credit for it? So we say, God, what are you doing to me? Why can't I pay my bills? Well, you shouldn't have bought that $97,000 car. Just being real. A lot of times in life, we get ourselves into situations where we, we make bad choices, and it brings about things in our life, and there's consequences. I'm trying to teach my son that there's consequences for your decisions. That those were the seasons when God began to teach me things about his nature and character that I had never learned before. That no matter what happens in your life, the nature and the character of God is that he has a purpose for every aspect and area of your life. And God comes down into your life during this season to remind you of that. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what hardship you are going through right now, good or bad, God has a purpose. His purposes prevail. I want to share one last verse with you. I took a big detour and I stayed on it. So I'll be Paul articulates this a little bit, and this is kind of where I was hoping to go towards the end of our message today. Paul taught this, he wrote a letter to the church of Philippi, and he was trying to teach them how to have joy in tough circumstances. And he wrote this verse, and I want you to read it with me, because I feel like in this season of Christmas, I want you to really evaluate your walk with God. Philippians 3.7. But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. That word consider there means to come to a, a moment in time where I, I have an evaluation of life. I think every person in this room, I think every person on the planet, needs to take a moment in their year, if not more than once, obviously, but maybe you haven't done this yet, where you come to a place where you come to consider you come to evaluate 
The things that you're investing your life into, the direction that you have, the plans that you have, the, the, the direction I have with my life, if God were to come and be in your life and something were to shift that plan, how would you respond? Paul says, I've come to consider. I've come to the conclusion. I've evaluated my life and realized that all of these plans that I had, all of these ideas that I had, all of this agenda that I had, all these good things, these achievements, these jobs, these careers, this relationship, they were all really, really good, but they do not compare in comparison to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, Mary had her plan, but when God came down, she had to say, okay, God, your plan is better than my plan. Even though your plan means I'm getting pregnant when I've never had sex, even though your plan means that I'm going to be ridiculed and mocked, even though your plan means that my son is going to be brutally murdered and nailed to a cross and beaten and he's going to be uh, accused of wrong and he's going to uh, die a murderer's death, even though I know that is the reality, that God, there's going to be some things in my life that it's going to mean some sacrifice and some difficulty and some hardship. Yes, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, folks. Serving Jesus isn't always the best thing to do. I don't know why. Because he wants to come into your life. And he wants you to evaluate your life and evaluate your plans and evaluate your motives in this season and say, okay, God, I want to evaluate. And when you evaluate your life, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you realize God's plan is always better than mine. Mary said yes, and she carried the God of the universe God of the universe lived a whole life, died a murderer's death, was buried for three days, but guess what? He rose on the third day. And the reason that happened was because Mary said yes. So everywhere in your life this season, I want to pray that you'll look at your life this season and you'll realize, that verse, verse 9, and we'll end here today, that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own. In verse 9. So the goal of this evaluating my life was to know that I will be found and known as in Christ. I'll be found in Christ. But I think it's the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me today for some of you. And I just feel like sometimes when that happens, what I don't realize, <laughs> he's speaking to people. He's speaking to some of your hearts today, and I want to encourage you today in this Christmas season. When God comes into your life and things begin to shift and things begin to change, and yes, He brings joy, and yes, He brings peace, and yes, He brings life, and yes, He brings hope, and yes, He brings healing, and yes, He brings transformation, yes, 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 He brings all of those things in your life. But I believe those things come from a response of saying, okay, God, yes. Yes, your plan's better. Your ways are better. Your ways are higher. You're Emmanuel. You're God with us. And I submit my plan to you, God, knowing that when I do that, I'll be found in you. Not in my job. Not in my relationship. Not in the divorce. Not in the mistakes. Not in the sin. Not in the hardship. I'll be found in Christ. I'm going to be found in you, God. I'm going to find my identity in you, God. I'm going to find my purposes in you, God. I'm going to find my focus in you, God. I'm going to find my meaning in you, God. I'm going to find everything I need in you, Christ. I will be found in you. That's my prayer for this Christmas season for you. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray. close your eyes with me real quick. Father, I just pray 
as we come into Christmas tomorrow and the next day, God, that we'd have a great time. We'd open gifts and we'd celebrate one another. We'd listen to the Christmas music and watch the Christmas movies and be with family and play games and have fun. But God, my prayer today is that there will be one moment in the next two days where they will stop for a moment and ask themselves this question. God, if you're going to come into my life, how would I respond? I just think there's some people here today who have a call to ministry. He's coming to disrupt your life today. <laughs> some of you today have been called to give up a relationship. God is here right now saying, okay, I want, to, I want to do more with your life. I want to go farther with your life. I want to bring fresh joy and fresh peace in your life today. Some of you here today have got some things in your life, some addictions or habits or difficulties. Listen, we all do in our life. We've all got something going on in our life today. So Father, I just pray, Lord, that our response would be, all right, Lord, here I am, Lord. I'm your servant, God. I'll do everything you commanded me to do, Lord. That when you're with us, God, your, your promises are yes and amen in Christ. God, that when you come, God, into our lives and you cause there to be a, a, a word from you, God, when you come into our lives and you cause there to be your presence in our life, God, something changes in our lives. And our response is yes. Just like Mary and Joseph. Yes, God. Well, and just as we end our time, if you're in the room today, you say, Ryan, I just, I'm going through a tough time right now and I'm trying to make reason of this, per this thing in my life and I'm have a hard time seeing it being God's purposes. And I just need you to pray for me today. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to see who I'm praying for today. Would you place your hand in the air if that's you? You say, Ryan, I just need some prayer. Would you just pray, say a prayer for me right now that, man, I just, I need God's presence in my life today. Come on, several people, there you go. Well, if you're here today, every eye closed, you say, you know what, Ryan, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know how a relationship with him. But I, today, I want to give my life to him. Today, I, I'd like to experience the life that God has for me, the purposes that God has for me today. Would you just place your hand in the air so I can see you? Come on, let me pray today. Father, I just pray right now. If, Father, you would come today, Jesus, and you would just do something new in our lives, I pray that this would be the Christmas, Lord, that they talk about for generations to come. Years to come, they would look back on their life and say, that was the Christmas when I really gave my life to God. That was the Christmas when I experienced the grace and the peace and the life and the fact that God was with me. I pray right now, God, that you'd give them strength in this difficult season. Lord, I know it's hard to recognize your purposes, and sometimes it's hard to believe that you could be involved in such a, a difficult thing. But God, we know you are involved, you are present, you are with us. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would come down and do something mighty in the lives of people. Come on, church, would you repeat after me for the fellow people who raised their hand today to receive Christ? Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Come on, church, pray with me. Lord, would you forgive me? For every area of my life that I've fallen short, I commit my life to you. I declare that you are God. You are God with us today. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. 
We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.